guys. This is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to the Equippers International Podcast. We have a special episode. We've been doing our book of Hebrews study, and I hope that's been a blessing to many of you. But today we're taking some special time to be with a really, really awesome man, a good friend of mine, and he and his wife are good friends of me and Stephanie, Mr. Rich Hodge. Rich, good afternoon or good evening as it is. Yeah, I'm so glad you could join my podcast, Cliff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Mel, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, we're, we're really blessed to have Rich and Lynn in our home here in Italy for a couple of days, and I just had to get on a podcast with him before he gets away tomorrow on his onward journey, and um, we just want to spend some time together talking with Rich, and well, first of all, a lot of you listening right now to the podcast don't have any idea who Rich Hodge is, so Rich, just take a minute and introduce yourself and give the listeners some context for who you and Lynn are. Well, the best thing about us is our family, so Amen. I will start with that. I got an amazing wife. We've been married 44 years, and we have six kids, all married, and with those all married six kids, we have 21 grandchildren, which is four boys and 17 girls. So all my son-in-laws and my sons, I should give shotguns to. <laughs> um, and we have one grandson that actually is the only one to carry our name right now. So his name's Jackson. So if you're listening, please pray for Jackson. Every time I see him, he says, I know Pop Pop, it's on me. And he tells his dad and mom, I'm going to have nine kids so Pop-Pop can have his name go on. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie and I met Rich alone in a Chinese restaurant back in Booster, South Africa. It must have been about six years ago, plus minus seven. I don't know. Has it been that long? I think it was longer than that. Longer. It can't be going on 10. But anyway, a long time ago. And we just immediately just fell in love with these guys. They are amazing kingdom people. They've been uh, officially serving with and in YWAM for how many years? Uh, Let's see, we started officially in 2004, so that's like 18 years. Okay. And before that? Pastoring. Pastoring. Traveling, speaking, ministry types. Yep. He racked up over a million miles on airlines, (laughs) cruising all over the world. And so Rich and Lynn now currently are doing what? We're living in South Africa, but if you were kind of just put what we do in a a sentence, our mission and our family altar is we are called to inspire people to find out who they are in the Father and then do it on purpose. Amen. Amen. And they're good at that, guys. Let me tell you, these guys are super effective. Recently, you've been in Europe and you've been here for four or five weeks or so. And what's happening in that trip? Well, we've been, one of the things that we do that uh, is really kingdom, I think, economy is we just follow relationships. So we have followed relationships of people we've met around the world that have either, we met somewhere and have moved back to Europe and we follow those relationships. 
And what we've discovered is I feel like Europe is a giant ready to be awoken. Mm. And when you think about even theological richness and depth that came from yep. Germany and then would go to England and then went to the United States. That's right. Well, Germany got cut off. So then whatever we got in the States came from England and it wasn't as deep and as rich. Mm -hmm. And now England kind of fizzled out and now it's mostly the States generating whatever they can. And it just doesn't have the same, I'd say in authority, impartation and depth of reality. And what I see in Europe is actually God remembering that there is a call on Europe. I mean, it used to be years ago, the, the most Christians in the world were in Europe. That's right. And now it's, it's shrunk quite a bit. Sure. But it's shrinking in the States too. And we were reminded when we were in Germany, we heard this, gosh, a few years ago when we were in Berlin, but the Spirit of God moved and showed up in Berlin just before World War I. And the YWAM base is in an area of Berlin called Wedding. And it's in a hotel where the Berlin Declaration was signed just before World War I. Spirit of God had moved and a bunch of the spiritual leaders of the country and of the city got together to determine, is this a move of God or not? And I think out of fear and not understanding what was going on, mm. they signed a declaration saying this isn't a move of God. And the Spirit of God left. And then most of us know the history of what happened in Azusa Street yep. in Southern California. The Spirit of God went there. That's right. And then Germany went through World War One, World War Two. Mm. We, know, we know the history. Yeah. But before that, while the Spirit of God landed, Germany was at the height of the Industrial Revolution. They were influential, the most influential country in all of Europe. I think Germany is at the same place again. Yeah. And I believe that that richness and depth of theology, which I really believe is people wrestling and discovering and defining who they think God is in the simplistic term, mm. everyday term of what theology is. I believe that that wrestling is going to occur again, and it's going to be the wrestling of the Holy Spirit awakening us that there is something of truth to be revealed that's not just a concept, it's a person. Amen. And I've just seen that all over Europe since we've been here. That's so cool. When I interview people like this, it's very organic, and we just kind of let it take its path. And I think just out of respect to Rich, uh, I could pick and, and, and scratch around a little bit and we could get somewhere. But I think I would just say, is there something on your heart that you would prefer to just take up as a line of conversation in this time? Well, I like, I like real-time stuff. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, I mean, if you're at anyone who's listening... I would, I would even ask you this question, which I've been challenged with. You're going to go to sleep tonight. And while you're sleeping, a miracle took place. And you woke up in the morning. How would you know? What changed? Mm. What is the miracle that you want to happen in the night? Mm. That you would wake up and you go, God did something. He moved. Mm. And for me, it's pretty easy. I have two grandchildren that are suffering major medical issues. Mm. So mm. I've got Pip, who's now going to be eight on Christmas Day, and she has an inoperable brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And it's just a long journey. I mean, she is on chemo. It's steady right now. She was off chemo because her body couldn't take it and needed rest, but it yeah. grew during that time. Um, she has to take hormone 
blockers because it's touching an area where she's only seven and it's it's mm. causing her body to go into pre-puberty. Mm. Um, she has to take pills just to be hungry, to make her hungry to eat. Mm. And that's so keeping weight on is a battle. And then we've got the younger one, Ruby, who is our youngest and need her. she was born with kidneys didn't work. And so our daughter um, gave her kidney and she had a transplant at 18 months. Mm. So she's on anti-rejection meds and all this kind of stuff. So if I woke up in the morning and the miracle for me would be they're healed. Yeah. The mystery of it all is I wrestle with the idea that I know, not just the idea, I know that God is a healer, but how do I live in the absence of what I believe? Mm. Okay, so I love this because this is what inevitably always happens. And I knew with the rich on the show, this is somewhere along the lines of where this would go because I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, this podcast and the things we do here is all about what's real. Just a bit of backstory, real quick. Rich and Lynn were in South Africa speaking on a DTS in our town, and they showed up to our house on a Monday night for dinner. And they had just received the text message from their children about PIP. And that was five, six years ago. Oh, six years ago. Six years ago. And so we know what this journey is all about. And it's a real thing. You're talking about living intention. You're talking about how to journey with the Lord through something that has mystery to it, that has unknown that also has super strong desire pumping behind it because the level of care is uncomparable. Which I could tell you my prayers are not going to be very objective. Right. It's what I want. Yeah. I'm, I'm pushing through and I'm not saying stuff, if your will be done, some cop-out prayer. Right. At the end of a very violent, fierce prayer for my, my girls to be healed. Yes. And then say, your will be done. I feel like my prayers are more like addressing his heart, not his will. Mm, I like that. Maybe because of my journey, I gravitate more toward the heart of the Father and of Jesus and the Holy Spirit yeah. rather than the will. Mm. Because I, I think actually will flows out of heart. Yeah. You know, whatever the intention of will is, is going to come from his love for me, my my girls, whatever. Yeah. But when I, when I request something from my, let's say my earthly dad, I don't request something based on his will of what he thinks or what he believes or what he, whatever it is. I approach my father, if I'm gonna ask him something, I, I try to really kind of nick his heart a bit. Mm. Like, I, I'm gonna approach your heart, you're a father. Yes. You understand me as a dad and as a grandfather, what I want. Mm. And so when I approach his heart, I guess the heart is the easier, easier for me to connect to, to God rather than his will, something that he would do or not do. Yeah. If I just approach it that way, I divorce the father from emotion mm. and I take out passion and the longing of a father mm -hmm. and the desires of a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what I like what you're saying. And I, it always happens when I listen to people I have on the show, they're talking and my mind's going a mile a minute. <laughs> and I love what this does too. Rich does for me personally 
and he, I think he does for a lot of people, is he, he just pushes them in a good way to to places that they don't normally go. And and I'm sitting there thinking, scriptures are going through my mind, you know, about the will of God. Your will be done on heaven, as, on earth as it is in heaven. And if we pray anything according to his will. And there's a, there's a lot about the will of God. Romans 12, you know, you yeah. prove the will of God. But relationship, you know, it, I feel like the whole will of God thing Yes, it's part of reality. It's part of the scripture. It's part of God. It's, it's there's there's stuff there to be learned, but if it's only that, then it, it just it can so easily fall into performance or trying to get it right to to find His will. Have I found His will? Am I not finding His will? What is His will? And it le- it just leaves it very impersonal, you know. And I love what you're saying there about the heart. It just Im- heart immediately goes to relationship. Well, if I understand his heart, then his will makes a lot more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know him. That's why I think, I mean, I love being a part of the tribe of YWAM is that if you want to know our why, it's in our statement, our first two words, know him. Yeah. And then our how or why or how we do that is to make him known. Yeah. And the more I know him, there's a guy who wrote a book, How Not to Marry a Jerk, and I love it. So if you're married to a jerk, (laughs) How Not to Marry... Stephanie should have read that a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lynn too. Um, But I like the idea that it gives a, in the book, he talks about progression of relationship. I think heart, that you must know someone before you can trust them. Once you trust, you can rely. Once you rely, you can commit. Once you commit, you can touch. Mm. Intimacy. And the more I know him, that's a heart issue to me, not a will issue. Mm Mm-hmm. And the more I know him, the more I can trust him. I think the will is, we think the will of God is always something of action and to do. Yeah, right. But I can't separate that from heart that I really think will is about being. Yes. Yes. Not so much about a checklist and and ticking boxes that I do certain things and then he actually in his will will heal my girls if I align right correctly with his exactly yeah yeah you know uh something else i'm just thinking and we haven't even mentioned this we've been together for a couple days and we've been processing all kind of stuff but and surprisingly stephanie i haven't mentioned this but one of the things in this season that's been so strong in our hearts a season meaning most of you know they're listening we just moved to italy a little under a year ago and it's been a huge transition and a lot of change and but one of the things that god put in our hearts very early on in this journey is a strong desire to know him more. How long have you been walking with the Lord, Rich? Well, I'm 65. I was 17 when I became a Christian. A lot of years. Okay, I'm, you know, several years behind you, but 36 years I was homeschooled, so I have no idea how many years that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So my point is, we know the Lord. I mean, we've been walking hard after him for many years, and but yet... This thing resonating in is, I want to know him more. And you're talking about knowing his heart more. How do we do that? How do we grow in knowing him? I don't know if the journey would be the same for everyone, but I would use the word journey strongly. Yeah. Because when I first became a Christian and the history that I came from, I projected a lot onto the father that wasn't him. And I feel like most of my life, he's had to reintroduce himself to me. Yeah, that's good. And say, no, this is the father I am. You know, it's like 
I remember giving messages even about, you know, Abraham going up with his son and sacrificing him. And, oh, this is about sacrifice and obeying God and <laughs> laying, laying everything down. Yeah. But could it be a little bit more simple that during Abraham's time, every God in his region that he knew in that part of the world that he knew, every other God demanded you sacrifice your firstborn son. Right. So he went up there thinking, well, of course that that's what you do. Every other God does. Mm. And then he gives a ram in the thicket to say, basically, listen, I'm not like the other gods. This is who I am. Mm. And I think his understanding of God going up that mountain was different than the understanding of God, the father, when he came down that mountain. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I've been going up a mountain mm. and... I lived pretty much an orphaned, powerful pastor life, mm. doing the dance to get the hug because that's the system I grew up in. Mm -hmm. That if I do certain things, God loves me. He's going to give me favor. He's going to come through and heal and do whatever I ask because I lived under slavery. And fear was, I need to make sure I'm doing enough. Oh, mm. am I enough? Mm. And all that kind of lends itself to God, even now at 65, God has been reintroducing himself to me in the, the struggle and the tension of knowing he's a healer and he's a lover and an amazing, compassionate father out of his heart, but having the tension of my two girls not being healed yet. Yeah. And I guess the, the answer is, for me, it's been journey and being as real as I can and agreeing with God in confession, not so much about sin. I think that's when we use that, you know, that first John one nine is if we confess our oh, sins. Yeah. Well, we make everything about sin. Right. <laughs> but sometimes I just have to confess and agree with God yeah. that I'm I'm suffering, I'm worried, mm. I'm struggling. Mm. And I think sometimes even in my prayers I've casted more sweat than my fear. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about journeying into the heart of the Father and journeying with Him in order to know Him, to know His heart. We're all at different phases. You know, like you say, you're 65 and you've been this, you know, I'm 58 and I've been doing it this long. And there's people listening. May I know one friend listens, he's 23 and he's been journeying for a few years. You know, everybody's a different place. Are there not things pragmatically, but are there... Are there postures? Is there is there are there things the way that we can posture ourselves? I think you said something about being honest with yourself, you know, being vulnerable or being open. I don't know. What would we say to people to say, look, you can know God more and he wants he he's not holding anything back. I mean, he he's all in. Well, I don't know if this answers it. In my agreeing with God or whatever the confession is, which means to agree with God. Yeah. I have to be real. Yeah. So let's say I'm just going to make it practical. I'm dealing with hectic things with my two granddaughters and I have fear. Mm -hmm. I do. Well, I don't, I've said this before. I don't know what is on the other side of life if he takes Pip home mm -hmm. or Ruby. Mm -hmm. But I also have discovered after years of life with God that when I obey him, I know I hear him. Obey is the Hebrew word to hear, and then mm -hmm. obedience is the fruit of it. We walk it out. 
Nobody, I don't care who's listening to this, I don't care how old you are, nobody knows what's on the other side of obedience. Mm. Nobody. We know he's with us in the moment. Mm. But I think my thing I've come to to understand is I've got to be real with where I'm at. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it this week with you that I need to actually let something in before I can let it go. Mm-hmm. So if I'm fearful about the girls, mm-hmm. I've got to let that fear in. And in community, in tabernacle, if I'm the tabernacle in yeah. a place of communion and wrestling with God within me, Christ, and I'm in him, I've got to let that in before I can let it go. Mm. I just can't pretend I'm not fearful, Right. throw verses at it and throw worship songs at it and think, oh, it's going to wash over me. I'm going to be better. I've got to be real and truthful about where I'm at in the journey and what I'm feeling Mm. because my feelings, they don't have to be based on truth to be real to me, but that's why I need to contend and challenge them. Yeah. But I I can't let go of anything unless I let it in. Mm. Now, I know there's some people listening to that and go, oh, gosh, I'm from the, you know, from whatever stream they are. We can't confess that. We can't say that out loud. Right. (laughs) Well, then do I just ignore it? Yeah. Or do I embrace it and realize in the messy grace of it all that he's not intimidated by that? And actually, he draws near to that more of the so than me pretending it doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. And then that's where I experience the nearness and the realness of his heart for me and the ones that I love. I believe the heart of the Father, that he's a healer. And... I believe he can heal both these girls. Mm-hmm. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. My faith, and the way I kind of articulate this is that I know Antarctica exists. I've never been there. Mm. Some dude had to take a, he surveyed it and saw it and it got on a map. I've never been there, but by faith, I believe it exists. Mm. My hope is one day I'll put my feet on Antarctica. Mm. What's my vehicle to get me there? I believe the heart of the Father is that he's a healer. Mm. My hope is one day I'll put my feet on the land, the space, the moment where both Pip and Ruby are healed. Mm. What's my vehicle? And during COVID, I found when I was in the States, unfortunately, the vehicle for many people was a political party or a candidate. Mm. And for me, it could be a doctor or a breakthrough or a medicine. But if my vehicle isn't really the joy of the Lord, Mm. I will not have the endurance to last and sustain in the journey. Yeah. I'll just be a survivor, not a thriver. Mm. And if the joy of the Lord is our strength, we'll only be as strong as our joy. Mm. And it seems simple. But Nehemiah 8.10 also says that in that statement, it's the joy of the Lord. Yeah. So to sustain what has held me in the journey is it's the joy of the Lord. Not my, I'm not producing it. No. It's the joy of the Lord for me, mm. in me. Mm. It's his joy for me that sustains me while he's busy working and I'm busy waiting. Yeah. 
waiting long enough to be astonished and trusting him even when I don't fully understand what the heck is going on. Mm, yeah. I definitely know what my will is. Yeah. And I th- know we talked about it earlier is do we have the ability actually to not give up on a God who's a healer, but say, but if not, and the, but if not, doesn't take away that he can do it. That's right. And he can heal. That's right. It's the surrender of my will to say, I trust your heart more than my heart. Yeah. Even though I believe my heart's better than your heart. Yeah. Concerning my two girls. Yeah. But it's like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? They said, God is able, faith. Mm. It's a faith statement. Our God will, hope statement. But if not, joy statement. That's the joy of the Lord. Yeah. That I'm going to go through the fire, whatever it is. And even though I don't know the other side of what's going to happen with Pip and Ruby, the joy of the Lord will sustain me mm. through the fire, mm. through the journey. There are no formulas. It's all about relationship. I love that, you know, what Rich is sharing is he's sharing some truths. He's sharing some some powerful things, but he's not, it's not a teaching. It's something he's living. And, you know, that's what Stephanie and I, that's what our ministry, it's what Rich and Lynn's ministry is all about. It's about reality. It's about interaction with God in real life, real situations, real things. I mean, Rich is as much of a a Bible man, a theologian in his own right. He's a brilliant man. He's got lots of cool, great answers about a lot of things. And we've talked about some crazy, deep theological things this week. And we love doing that. But I love that he's chosen the reality of this situation that he and his wife are walking in with these two granddaughters. It's like a living parable. It's it's where it's happening. It's not happening out in a vacuum somewhere. It's happening right in the reality of life. And that's where God is. And that's where he meets us. And that's where we learn. And that's where we experience him. Yeah, and I think it's important when you're in the middle of a journey that you're being real about, confessing and letting it in yeah, so that you can let it go and you're engaging God in it. You're bringing him into the conversation. That's taking your thoughts captive. Yeah. And I mean, for us, it's like, so how do I walk that out so I don't walk it out alone? Mm. In other words, I can experience joy personally, but I celebrate joy in community. Mm. So we choose in this season, I've got to be around people of joy. Yeah. We're going to guard our hearts from conversations and people that are hectic and don't carry joy. Mm. The other thing that's helped us is we're celebrating others' breakthroughs, healings on the way to ours. Mm. Joy does that. Joy celebrates others on the way to their miracles while you're waiting for your miracle. Mm, That's good. That's really good. And... And also, I mean, just the idea that I think joy, when you walk in joy, it can, it's, it has the moment, it has the opportunity. It's, it's like a, something ready to spring on any circumstance mm. that brings healing to any moment. Mm. Maybe not the healing, what I think healing looks like, mm. but joy is really important. And I wrote this in my journal that when we experience and find joy and wonder in every little thing, then joy and wonder will find us in every little thing. Mm, that's good. And it's like, who am I gazing? Either I can glance at Jesus and gaze at all the stuff, or I can gaze at Jesus and glance at all the stuff. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And it's helpful. 
Yeah, it absolutely. gives me something to hang on and don't, don't I don't have it perfect. My yeah. wife, we don't have it perfect. We have meltdowns and breakdowns like everybody else sure. in the moment. When doctors give this opinion, that moment. But in the end, we come back around to his heart. I cannot shake that his heart and his will out of his heart flowing is good. Amen. Rich, bless you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. And um, Rich and Lynn will be heading back to South Africa and uh, getting, I think, some rest. He's got to play in the club championships uh, in a couple of weeks. So that's really important. And uh, then they're off to, um, you told me first before, uh, oh, they're going to be off to Hawaii. And then they're going to be going to Australia the first of the year. And then another calendar will be booked the whole rest of the year. But they're all over the show. Rich, we really appreciate you and love you. And um, thanks so much for what you bring and and how you encourage us and, and others. And I, I know that people that will listen to this podcast will be encouraged as well. Any last going away words you want to share? Enjoy the journey. I think that's it, is that whatever we're walking through is not a destination to be achieved, a mountain to climb. It's an onward journey of farther up and farther in, in the moment, as C.S. Lewis said, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side of our obedience, mm. but knowing that he is ever present and ever sure that beyond cancer, beyond kidneys, beyond economy, beyond anything, mm. I can, I can grasp that. I, that's steady. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. And as always be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.